Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I was just checking the absolute latest on our Woke Bracket Challenge, which is about to be underway. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Um, So much to get to today. Uh, as the forces of insanity to continue to lay siege to the voices of sanity in this world. Beginning with, and I want to say this right off the top, this morning ESPN put out a series of tweets that have absolutely nothing to do with sports at all. Uh, It began with ESPN believes in inclusivity and denounces legislation and actions across the United States that infringe on any human rights. We stand with our LGBTQIA+. I can't even keep up with all the letters now in this thing. Colleagues, friends, families, and fans. Uh, And then they put out a long series of stories um, which are frankly, um, you know, frankly, utterly absurd and have nothing at all to do with sports. And I hate to say I told you so, but this is what I have been telling you was the story with ESPN for a long time, okay? And people say, oh, Clay, you used to not talk about uh, the you know politics very often. Why did you decide to talk about politics? Because the ESPNs of the world made sports so inherently political that I had two options, okay? I want you to think about this. Option one, pretend none of it existed. And I understand some of you would have preferred that I took that choice, right? Uh, Maybe I have three options. One option is pretend that none of it exists, okay? So when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee and says America is an awful racist country, I could have just sat back and said, you know what? I'm going to pretend this isn't happening I like football so much. I enjoy watching NFL games so much. I don't even care that Colin Kaepernick is lying and that he's being lionized based on those lies. I'm not even going to address Colin Kaepernick at all. And there are certainly people in the world of sports who have just pretended that the Colin Kaepernick story never existed. Okay? That was one option. Another option was to say, I'm done with this. I'm so sick of how political sports have become that I am just going to turn them off. And I get people all the time in my mentions like, why do you watch that? You know, why do you care about watching the NBA or the NFL or any other sport? All the athletes are woke. All the media that cover it are woke. Find something else to do. And I understand that argument and some of you made that choice. Third option is fight for what I believe in and don't turn my back on the world of sports. That's what I've chosen to do. Now, you can disagree with me. You can say, you should have just pretended none of this was happening. Stick to sports. Don't talk about any of the issues. Pretend that the NBA players don't have political slogans on their back. Pretend that Colin Kaepernick isn't taking a knee. Every time one of these sports athletes or a coach or a league issue some sort of woke statement, just pretend it didn't exist. That's not me, okay? I'm not, personally, the kind of person who when I see something that I disagree with just pretends it doesn't exist. Some of you are, that's fine, that's your right. Second one, just turn it off. 
leave sports behind completely and say, I hate these guys and these leagues and what they've turned into a political world. Third option's the one I've chosen. It is to push back against the woke sports universe and argue for sports as a world where we can all come together regardless of what differences we have without embracing the necessity of every political argument. I just don't care, right? The truth of the matter is this. If there's a really good quarterback on a team that I like, I would prefer to never know what his political opinion is. I just don't care. I don't care if he voted for Trump. I don't care if he voted for Hillary. I don't care if he's a Bernie bro. I don't care if he's a huge uh, right-wing supporter. I just don't care. I care about whether or not you are good at the sport itself. Left-wing, right-wing, independent, no-wing, whatever it is, be good at sports. And I think that's where the vast majority of sports fans are. But when you are, I believe, embracing such woke sports like ESPN is right now, that you are destroying the fabric of sports itself in the competitive nature of the game itself. ESPN has virtually pretended that this whole pen transgender swimmer story doesn't exist. It threatens the very foundation of women's athletics. But because it calls into question woke sports, because you have to say, hey, I don't think that men should be able to compete against women, something that the vast majority of the American sports fan believes, ESPN pretends that story doesn't exist. And instead, they create an artificial dynamic where they're saying, oh, uh, the Florida bill, which deals with kindergarten, first, second, and third graders not being taught about sexuality, in some way is anti-gay. It's not. It's not in there. The don't say gay bill does not ban the discussion of being gay. It just says kindergarten through third graders, maybe that isn't the right place to be discussing sexuality. And by the way, who are the parents of kindergarten, first, second, or third graders who believe it is the place to be discussing sexuality at that age with kids of those uh, ages? I just don't get it, okay? It's nonsensical to me. So ESPN has made their choice. They are MSESPN. They have gone so far left wing that they have left behind everybody. And look, when they had a moment of silence during the women's basketball tournament to protest this Florida bill, that this is not even something that impacts athletics at all. And this is the natural extension of so far embracing woke politics that you are isolating everybody who is not a woke imbecile. All right? That's the truth. And there are many people at ESPN. I would even argue the vast majority of ESPN employees right now, many of whom are watching this right now, that think it's outrageous that a man is competing against women in sports. And that ESPN isn't covering that and is trying to argue that somehow a Florida bill that primarily focuses on kindergarten, first, second, and third grade uh, instruction in schools is anti-gay and that they have to take a stance against it as a corporation. Look, I am so glad that we have OutKick 
and we're going to be continuing to expand and we are going to be the anti-woke antidote for the vast majority of American sports fans out there who want rationality, who want sanity, who want sports without being lectured to from a political perspective. You don't have to agree with me on anything. That's not my concern. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think and I am going to continue to argue that sports is one of the great unifying forces in all of American life and that ESPN, due to their embrace of woke politics, is destroying that unity and I believe that OutKick can speak to the 85 or 90% of sports fans while there's a knife fight for those 10% of woke sports fans from ESPN. We're going to speak to everybody else. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. And I want to give, as a part of that, uh, a shout out to people who are making rational decisions out there in the world of sports. And one of them is Ron DeSantis, who is a big sports fan, governor of Florida, uh, came on my OutKick show several times, has been on with us certainly as a part of uh, the, uh, the Clay and Buck show as well. He put out a statement that I think is pretty outstanding. Here's what Ron DeSantis said earlier today. By allowing men to compete in women's sports, the NCAA is destroying opportunities for women, making a mockery of its championships, and perpetuating a fraud. In Florida, we reject these lies and recognize Sarasota's Emma Wyant as the best women's swimmer in the 500 freestyle. Good for Ron DeSantis because this woman, and we wrote about her at OutKick, Emma Wyant would have been a national champion in the 500 at the NCAA championships. Instead, a biological man decided to identify as a woman and took away her title. And if you are a woman or you care about women's sports at all, if you've coached women, if you have little girls who have started training at four years old, waking up at five and six in the morning to take them to practice for swimming as many parents do of swimmers, then you should be outraged by what's happening right now as we are allowing men, a six foot four biological man who trained as a swimmer, as a man for years, bigger, stronger, faster than all the women to take away their championships. This represents a potential direct threat to the existence of women's athletics. And that's going to tie in here too with some of the stories that I see happening are so crazy, I don't even know what to think about them. An NBC columnist, NBC News columnist, argued Leah Thomas, transgender swimmer, should be celebrated like Jackie Robinson. Celebrated like Jackie Robinson uh, according to this columnist. And this columnist write, part of what makes the first story so compelling is the resilience, determination, and love for the sport exhibited by these athletes and their motivation to break down barriers despite the naysayers. Thomas, as the first transgender athlete to win a D1 NCAA championship, deserves to be placed among the other first. She should be embraced in the history of progress that sports represent 
and recognized as the trailblazer that she is, says that she is a modern-day Jackie Robinson. This is Cheryl Kuki, which sounds like uh, a made-up name, but Cheryl Kuki uh, is, uh, is the argument. So let me just ask you this. Um, if I decided to be trans-age, is that acceptable? If I decided at the age, right now I'm 42, if I decided that I was actually a 13-year-old boy, would it be appropriate for me to go play Little League Baseball with 12 and 13-year-old boys? Would people say, oh, look at how brave and heroic Clay Travis is. He's trans-age. He feels like a young boy and so he's going to go compete against young boys. No, because a lot of you would say, wait a minute, you're a grown-ass man, fabulous hair, great beard, you fathered three children that we know of. Uh, You are doing an absolutely incredible job running a media company, hosting the biggest radio show in the country, talking daily to everybody at OutKick. You're doing a fabulous job at all these things. This is, you know, what I envision everybody saying. But you can't decide to compete in Little League Athletics because you're a grown man. And you've had the benefit of going through puberty, which the 12-year-olds that you would be competing against in Little League Baseball have not. And oh, by the way, hitting a ball 200 feet in Little League is not that much of an accomplishment for a 6-foot, 185-pound man. I'd be really good if I were playing baseball with 12-year-olds because I'm 42 and I'm fully grown. If I argued that I was trans-age, everyone would say that's absurd. You are the age that you have attained as part of being a human. You're 42. If I argued that I was a different race, if I said, hey man, I know I'm 42, but I've always felt like an Asian man. I've always really felt like, even though I'm a white guy, I really am Asian and I have way more in common with Asian people. And so I am going to be trans race and I'm going to identify now as Asian. People would say, well, you know, that's not acceptable. Well, I couldn't change what I said. Hey, I feel Hispanic. I feel black. I'm going to identify as a different race. People would say, no, 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 that's not acceptable. You were born a white guy and so you have to stay as a member of the white race. You can't just decide to become Asian or Hispanic or black. In fact, they would argue, if you decided to become Asian, Hispanic, or black, that would be racist. Like we saw poor Rachel Dolezal, who was the head of the NAACP up in Washington, until it came out that she was actually a white woman. It's racist. Well, why would it not be sexist for me to decide to become a woman based on that same logic? Why can I change my gender and be the Jackie Robinson of sports as it pertains to transgender athletes and be argued a hero like NBC is doing? Why would that be permissible at all? It's actually a really good question that there's no answer for. 
It's racist to change your race. It's heroic to change your gender when I think everybody out there understands that changing your gender is a bigger deal than changing your race. Why is this being allowed to occur? And if you want to take it, like I said earlier, to the point of absurdity, why can't I be trans age? Why couldn't I go back to high school and argue that I feel like a high schooler? I th- even though I'm 42, I feel 16. Some of you may say, yeah, act 16. Somebody might say, my wife might say that. If I feel like a teenager, why couldn't I decide to identify as a teenager? Why can't I be trans age? Why can't I be transracial? Why can transgenderism exist, but transracial changes cannot and trans age cannot? Just something to think about. I'm just asking for logic to apply evenly across all platforms. And by the way, if you're an adult and it makes you happier to change your race, I don't really care. If it makes you happier to change your gender, I don't really care. If it makes you happier to argue you're a different age than you actually are, I don't really care. Again, if you're an adult. But I don't think that your chosen gender should allow you to compete in any league that you want to compete in. It wasn't too long ago that Juana Man was hyperbolic satire. The Wayans film about a dude who decides to become a woman and dominate in women's sports. Now, it's a reality with what's happening with the swimming industry. And once you saw it happen there, it's going to happen everywhere else. Women's sports are under direct attack. Speaking of direct attack, and this is stupid, I don't know if I've talked about this yet because the story only came out last week. I don't think I did. And I was in Florida and then I was out in Vegas. Right now, the Mets and the Yankees can't play when the season starts in New York City if they are unvaccinated. Let me repeat that. Members of the New York Mets, potentially including several of their stars, and members of the New York Yankees, potentially including several of their stars as well, are not able to play Major League Baseball outdoors in New York City because of their insane COVID restrictions that still exist there. Now, this has impacted Kyrie Irving already. Remember, Kyrie Irving was allowed to go to watch the uh, the ACC championship game between Duke and Virginia Tech. He went and watched the Nets and the Knicks play sitting courtside, indoors, no mask, but he was fined. The team was $50,000 for him going to the locker room with the Nets, and he's allowed to play on the road where he dropped 60 points, but he's not allowed to play anywhere inside of the arena uh, in New York City. Visiting teams, by the way, unvaccinated players can play. Same thing will be true in the Mets, and the Yankee Stadium. If you're unvaccinated, you can go watch the games. If you are an unvaccinated player traveling into New York City to play, you are allowed to do that as well. But if you are a member of the Yankees or the Mets, you're not eligible to play baseball outdoors if you are unvaccinated. This is pure madness for anyone who looks at this with a functional brain. Uh, our, and by the way, speaking of this, did you see Jen Psaki just announced 
that she now has got COVID again. She was tested in preparation for the president's staff traveling to Europe. Uh, She now has had COVID twice despite being double vaccinated and also having uh, gotten boosted. And this ties in. It's not actually that uncommon. This ties in. This is from a a Wall Street Journal editorial uh, that said kids ages 5 to 11 don't need to get vaccinated, that the state of Florida has it right. Uh, Vaccine efficacy against infection for kids, I'm reading directly from the Wall Street Journal, turned negative during the Omicron surge. A month after kids were vaxxed, you were minus 10%. In other words, kids were more likely to get COVID if they were vaccinated. And declined after six weeks, you were actually minus 41%. That means vaccinated kids were significantly more likely to catch COVID than the unvaccinated. How does that happen? Well, it's a fascinating question, but it's one that deserves to be examined in more substantial detail. But it would suggest that maybe that's occurring for some adults. Jen Psaki, double COVID infections despite being double vaxxed and boosted. Um, we have got right now uh, another story that is getting a lot of attention. Phil Mickelson is out for the Masters. First time he has not played in the Masters, I believe, since 1994. Masters next month uh, begins on, uh, what is it? Well, it's April 9th and 10th, I think. 9th, 10th, and 11th, maybe. Um, And the reason why Phil Mickelson is not playing, I believe, is because he had the gall to say out loud what many athletes are saying quietly in private, which is, He was trying to drive up the cost of a professional golf league by negotiating with the Saudis. And he pointed out as part of an interview, hey, some of the things that go on in Saudi Arabia from a human rights perspective offend me from an American rights perspective. That is, there is a substantial difference in human rights between America and Saudi Arabia. But I'm still willing to make the right decision from a business perspective If the money is better in Saudi Arabia, I'm willing to uh, compromise on some American values in order to be able to do business with a foreign country. And by the way, I don't disagree with that, okay? If your policy is that you are going to run your business to the best of your ability, then I don't have any issue at all with partnering with China, partnering with Saudi Arabia, partnering with any other country so long as it is legal, even if they have different values that might exist in America. But don't virtue signal to me and tear down American institutions while saying nothing about what's going on in China and saying nothing about what's going on in Saudi Arabia. Don't pretend that just because you are silent, the conflict doesn't exist. That is what so many American corporations are doing right now. That's why I asked the question. I think it's a good one. You saw at the State of the Union address a lot of Republicans and Democrats wore Ukrainian flag lapels. Did you see that? Uh, To support Ukraine after the Russia invasion. And the question that I asked, and I think it's a good one, how many American politicians would wear Taiwan lapel pins if Taiwan were invaded by China? 
And how many American corporations would walk away from their Chinese partnerships in the event that China invaded Taiwan? I bet a lot less than we're willing to walk away from Russia because Russia represents a smaller fraction of the overall international business of most of those corporations compared to what exists in a big way with what's going on in China. And so I don't have any issue with Phil Mickelson or any of the comments that he made. All he did was say the quiet part out loud and everybody ran in the opposite direction from him because his spoken truth pointed out how much of hypocrites many people involved in sports and larger American business truly are. Um, We've got right now uh, the Katanji Brown Jackson hearings going on. KBJ, it appears, based on my easy analysis here, of knowing that the Democrats have 50 votes and no Democrats are going to bail on her, it doesn't appear, that the Democrats are going to be able to get her confirmed uh, even if there is no Republican support. I suspect that there will end up being one or two Republicans who vote for her Uh, And if there are not, Kamala Kamala Harris would be able to break uh, the KBG tie. What I would point out, I think we're going to spend some time talking about this tomorrow on the Clay and Buck show is, can we talk about the extreme dichotomy and difference of treatment between what was asked of Brett Kavanaugh by the Senate's uh, Democratic judiciary members and how how dissimilar uh, the situation is right now with how Katanji Brown-Jackson is being treated. Now, in general, my position is uh, that we should spend less time making every judicial appointment political, right? But now that we've crossed that Rubicon, I think that the precedent of what hearings sound like should be the same no matter who the justice is who is being examined and who is being uh, questioned by either Republicans or Democrats, whether it's a Democratic president or a Republican president who puts forward uh, the nominee. Uh, Final couple of thoughts here. Uh, We've got the woke bracket challenge up, and I'm going to be tweeting out these challenges here shortly, uh, but Joe Kinsey just texted me, and let me make sure that I've got this. The play-in matchups are, uh, we've got Mike Wilbon against... Adrian Wojnarowski. We've got Bamani Jones going up against the staff of The Athletic. We've got Peter King going up against Jalen Rose. And we have got Stan Van Gundy going up against, I think it's Stan Verrett. I don't even recognize this guy's face. I think that's who it is. So we will see who advances the play-in regions, play-in matches going right now. uh, And we will allow you guys to vote on those. By the way, Bamani Jones, new HBO sports show, lowest rated show, maybe original programming in the history of HBO. It's up there. Wasn't even rated in terms of viewership. Did not have enough people to even get a rating on Sunday night for the second HBO sports show of Bamani Jones' tenure. I would just point out, Bill Simmons got crucified for his HBO television show, absolutely lacerated, massacred by everyone based on the viewership numbers for his show on HBO. Bamani Jones is getting a fraction of the viewers that Bill Simmons got. 
and almost none of the criticism is following that at all. Just think about why that might be a difference in treatment despite the fact that the numbers are far worse. All right. I appreciate all of you. Uh, I hope you are having fantastic Tuesdays. I'm going to go finish the anonymous mailbag now uh, and I will be working there. I will be, I believe, on television later tonight on Fox News. Appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, this has been Outkick the Show. Go get your votes in on the Woke Bracket Challenge. I'll be putting it up on my Twitter account here shortly. This has been Outkick the Show. Thank you all.